Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here trying to give you guys the latest and greatest in the world of MMA, boxing, combat sports, and sports betting in general. Uh, Headed into a pretty decent weekend as far as sports go, so we're going to try our best to get everybody in position to win. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, we do do an Instagram live show every time we do one of these, so that's Thursday nights, usually around 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, The username for our Instagram is Fistful of Cash Podcast, just how we have it uh wherever you get your podcast so we're on there and then on twitter it's fistful cash i believe uh but all that stuff's available in the show notes you guys know how to find that so no worries there don't need to elaborate on that any further um did have a lot happen this this week in the world of sports and things that are definitely going to affect wagering moving forward uh namely the zion williamson uh whatever you want to call it Shoe gate, shoe blowout, shoe extravaganza uh, that happened in the opening seconds of the North Carolina game. I really feel like this is probably, I mean, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be the last time you see Zion uh, play on the college level. And while initially beginning part of the day, I felt like that was a pretty ludicrous take. As the day has gone on, the more that I've read, the more that I've seen, uh, it seems like that does have a lot of uh, weight attached to it. And actually, uh, I believe it's betonline.ag has odds out already on when the next time we see Zion play will be. I think regular season's coming in at plus 180. ACC was at like plus 250. Uh, the tournament itself, you know, for the national championship, I think was around plus 350 and then uh I forget what the well one for the NBA was but yeah it uh you know they they are already having uh talks that he might not come back so we'll see what happens uh, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised I don't blame the kid I mean you've got you know you're looking at yourself as a multi-million dollar investment doesn't make any sense to really play with fire if you don't have to. I think the one and done rule is crap to begin with. If you want to come out of high school and try to make a bunch of money because you're gifted at, you know, putting a ball in a hole or running, you know, even with football, you know, if, if you think and your body will allow you to compete at that level and, and do so and make that money, make the money, make the money. The fact that these kids don't get paid at all is just, ridiculous um especially with schools like north carolina duke uh you know they 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 just bring the program uh they bring the university so much money the fact that these kids don't get to touch any of that is just ludicrous absolutely wild uh 
but yeah, so that was, you know, depending on whether Zion comes back, Duke lines will probably shift heavily over the course of the next couple of weeks, depending on what he, him uh, and his parents, you know, a.k.a. his team, uh, decide to do. So we shall see what comes with that. Other big news today was uh, GSP made official what we all sort of just assumed was happening anyway with retiring. Um, you know, the, the MMA community as a whole was sort of acting like this was like some big surprise thing. Um, you know, he wanted to have a big press conference and all this stuff talking about it, which is fine. That's great. Um, but I think we were all sort of under the impression that that's what was coming anyway, was he was going to retire. Uh, you know, they had briefly entertained the idea of him moving down to 155. Uh, but the thing is with that, you know, if he goes down to 155 and he fights Khabib, right, for the belt, uh, not only do you further put the, I guess, the, the division in further disarray, but you also, if he beats Khabib, you, you know, you kill the, I guess you would say like the legend that is Khabib. Uh, and if, you know, he beats, if Khabib beats George, then it doesn't, gosh, that, that kills another legend in a different sense. Um, just, a. Uh, I don't think the 155 fight was the fight to make to begin with. Uh, you know, there's guys like Poirier and, I mean, again, Tony Ferguson. I don't understand. I, I, with this interim belt thing, you know, you have a situation like with him and with the Colby Covington thing. You know, you give these guys interim belts and then don't even let them, be, like, fight to, I guess it would be unify the placeholder belt with the real belt. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. That, I mean, it should be a no-brainer what the next fight to make is. Uh, if if there's an interim title involved, it doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, but it is what it is, you know. Anyway, so moving... Uh, this George St. Pierre thing just bugs me. But anyway. All right, let's get into fights that are happening this weekend. You know... Again, not not huge promises here on this card. You know, I'm, again on Instagram, we'll have the full card breakdown and all that. But it's goodness gracious, is it tough? Uh, it's just not these these cards that are in Turkey or the Czech Republic or you know, Prague or or um, no, that's this one. Um, I, I they're just they're really 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 tough to to figure out. So anyway, let's look at, let's look at this card. Let's break them down. Um, and, and, and go from there. So just a couple ones that I saw on here where I think there's some good value. Um, you know, that if you're looking at the possibility to like, you know, like a get rich quick thing, this is not the card for it. Um, but there are some decent opportunities to make a little bit of money here. Uh, we'll start with the main card itself and then, you know, Patreon plays will be a little bit different. If you don't subscribe to us on Patreon, do that. Go to patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash and give a little bit of, uh, if you give a little bit there each month then you get five to seven additional plays each and every weekend, 
which always goes well in padding that bank account. So if we're looking at the event here, I want to make sure I get the fight order right before we go any further into this. Oh, I do want to touch on something real quick before we get into the actual card for this weekend. Last weekend's card, a um, couple takeaways. You know, so I've talked extensively on this podcast about Luke Sanders and how he has great potential, um, but, you know, seems to just let me down whenever I do wager on him. Purposely avoided him altogether with the Hennon Burrell fight, but decided last minute to take Burrell. Um, in the fight overall and Sanders absolutely slept him, which again, furthers the streak on Sanders losing me money. Um, Nick Lentz picked up a huge underdog win against Scott Holtzman that we called, which was outstanding. Nick Lentz continues to look better and better. Um, do I think he's ever going to be a title contender? Probably not. Um, but stranger things have happened. Look at the, uh, the TJ Grant situation, right? Like TJ Grant was an absolute animal until the the concussion of all concussions sidelined him. Same thing with uh, Chris Holdsworth sidelined with a concussion indefinitely. And then um, who was the other cat? Oh, Eric Koch. Um, you know, people forget that at one point in time he had a title fight booked against Jose Aldo and had to pull out. And I think that's when Ricardo Lamas got his after Coke had to pull out. Uh, but ever since then, I mean, the guy was an absolute animal and now he's UFC fight pass early prelims. Uh, and that's just if he can stay healthy. I can't remember the, I think the last time the guy fought was like almost 18 months ago because they book him fights and then he gets hurt and then that's it. Um, but Nick Lentz picked up a huge, huge uh, underdog win over Scott's, Scott Holtzman, which was good. Uh, Aljamain Sterling dominated from start to finish against Jimmy Rivera. Uh, Rivera said it on his on his stool in between rounds, and we uh, had sort of alluded to it when we were watching it. You know, Rivera just did not look like he came to fight. Uh, and there's some nights you walk out there and you have it, and there's other nights that you don't. And it looked like he knew from like the first couple seconds of the fight. He just didn't have it that night. Uh, not to say that, you know, Sterling's a better fighter or Rivera's a worse fighter than Sterling or anything like that. It's just some nights, if you can't turn it on, it doesn't matter if you have all the skills in the world. If you can't get it going, then you're just out of luck. Uh, Vincente Luque, Brian Barbarena put on damn near fight of the year. Um, just, just an absolute, uh, you know, barn burner of a fight which was fantastic. Um, Luque was a huge favorite to win that fight, and Barbarena gave him everything he could possibly handle, which was, an uh, again, a good reason why to leave that alone. Uh, Cron Gracie defeated Alex Caceres with, by a submission. I think it was a rear naked choke, something to that effect. Cron Gracie's stand-up looks terrible, but uh, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got the guy that was susceptible to being submitted out of there with a submission. I don't think this fight showed us anything about him. I think people are jumping the gun by saying this legitimizes him and he's looking great and this, that, and the other. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think that, you know, there's so much more to be seen. And if you give him anybody with decent wrestling uh, next, that will be a good test. You know, at the, I forget what they fight at 135 or 145. I think it fought at 145, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I just, I don't know who you give him that's got a good 
Give him Darren Elkins. Give him Darren Elkins. Cron Gracie, Darren Elkins. You know, Elkins has got to be sitting somewhere around the 13, 14, 15 spot rankings-wise right now. I give Cron Gracie Darren Elkins. Give him a strong wrestler. See see how that goes. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo beat Courtney Casey by unanimous decision. Again, sort of what we thought was going to happen. Uh, actually liked Calvillo and Casey coming in at the under two and a half. Uh, played that and, you know, obviously lost on that because I don't know why I continue to bet on women's MMA. Uh, Paul Felder survived a punctured lung or collapsed lung. Collapsed. Was it collapsed or punctured? One of the two. Punctured then collapsed. I don't know. Anyway, and still beat James Vick. Uh, you know, I had it 30-27. Uh, some other people had it a lot closer than that, which is great. Um, but I just, it, to me, it looked like from start to finish that Paul Felder was being more effective um, and just seemed to be doing more damage. And every time he hit Vick, um, it, it, uh, it really seemed to hurt him. I will say this. I don't know why, and I'm not wishing injury on the guy, but the way that James Vick throws leg, leg kicks makes me think that he might be the next guy to suffer a broken leg in the octagon. Uh, he It's like this weird, lazy snap where he doesn't necessarily roll his hips all the way over on it. So it's very reminiscent of the way like the Corey Hill break was where it was almost like, like not like a fadeaway leg kick, but it's just, it's like a lower calf kick that rides up a little high because you're not rotating the hips on it. So it's a, so if you look like the Corey Hill thing, you look at uh, like Anderson Silva, uh, the guy in LFA that just broke his leg They're They're all throwing this leg kick, like in this very weird, like leaning back, like, really odd, like sweeping angle almost. Um, and I'm just saying, go ahead, just, just put a little bookmark, just fold up a little bookmark and put it in your mind right here that I think that James Vick might be the next person to really destroy, not destroy, but hurt his leg on leg kicks. So throwing that out there. Francis Ngannou, Cain Velasquez. I don't know. This is like the Sonny Liston, uh, Muhammad Ali thing all over again with whether or not it was a phantom punch and, and everything else. So here, here's the thing, whether it was an uppercut that stunned Kane and then his knee blew out, um, or it was Kane's knee blowing out. The fight was stopped because Kane blew his knee out and would, couldn't fight after that. The same way that Tyron Woodley beat Carlos Condit, right? Carlos went for a takedown and got hurt on the takedown. And then every time he got kicked after that, it was doing damage to his leg. And then finally, he just couldn't take it anymore. Um, what happened in the Nganu Velasquez fight was just an accelerated version of that. That's all it was. Just an accelerated version of that. Kane's knee fell apart, uh, whether it was because he was loosey-goosey in the walk because of Nganu maybe landing a brief uppercut, um, or if it was you know, just the knee giving out. That's what happened. And, you know, he falls down to the ground, not concerned that one of the hardest hitting dudes on the planet earth is punching him in the face. And he's screaming at the ref, my knee, my knee. And then he turtles up. The ref stops the fight. He pops right back up and he's mad 
looking at his leg, not at a punch. Like he's not, he wasn't even concerned with the, 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 the conflict aspect of the fight because his leg fell apart on him, you know, and that's, that's a no brainer, you know? Um, but I don't know. Even um, freaking Brandon Schaub said that Kane got starched. I don't, I don't, this again, this is, this is somebody's talking. I'm not saying that Brandon Schaub doesn't know what he's talking about, but he's clearly never ironed his own clothes. He's never had a uniform that he's had to iron because otherwise you would know that in using starch, it's making stuff stiff, right? So if you hit Kane and his knee goes out, he falls down, conscious, fluid, holding the knee, saying my knee, that's not being knocked stiff. That's not being starched. Starched is what happens, say... I'm trying to think of a good one. Uh, let's see. We probably had a good example on that fight card. All the same. Edson Barboza, Terry Edom. Terry Edom fell, arms locked in place, starched. Uh, Marlon Marais and Aljamain Sterling, where Sterling hit the dab on the ground. Starched. Um, I would even go so far as to say that when Shop got knocked out and was climbing that invisible ladder in the middle of the octagon, that wasn't starched because he was moving. Um, starched is that knockout not moving. Mike Perry on uh, Ellenberger, Jake Ellenberger, starched. That's what that is. That's that sickening body so stiff uh, you might like have a seizure. As the body, re- your brain restarts itself. So hits that reset button. So chill out. Chill out, man. Everybody's quick to try to be the hype master general. Just not everything's the greatest ever. Not everything is actually incredible. Not everything is the, the not everybody's the greatest of all time or the best to ever do it. Or the, the it's sometimes something can just be good. Like good is just a, it. The problem is, is that we, we use so much hyperbole that we, you know, get away from just that something can be just a normal good just a just an okay like okay doesn't have to mean bad you know like it's okay yeah it's okay somebody asks how you're doing i'm okay does that mean you're doing bad no so anyway that's a small rant there for whatever reason all right let's get into this card this weekend we got uh sorry we got UFC on ESPN plus three, Jan Blahowitz versus Tiago Santos coming in from the O2 Arena Prague, Czech Republic. All right. So, like I said, I'm going to try to give you guys the best kind of uh, information I possibly can on these. Uh, so, everything comes with a grain of salt here because, like I said, these, these cards are incredibly uh, difficult to pick wagers correctly on. So I'm going to do the best I can here based upon the information that I have in front of me. So first fight on the main card is Magomed Ankalov versus Klitsin Abreu. Now, the thing with this fight is, is it's a light heavyweight fight. And both of these guys have good finishing capabilities. So over under on rounds is coming in at one and a half at the minus, uh, 
let's see, minus 110. So I think the play here, light heavyweights fighting for seven and a half minutes. It's a pretty decent amount of time. Um, I would go ahead and make a play on the under here. Uh, so under 1.5 coming in at minus 110, I think is a decent play just based upon the size of these guys, skill set, propensity for finishing, things like that. Go ahead and try that. Uh, next fight is the one that I think might have the most value on the card. John Dodson versus Peter Yawn. Uh, Peter Yawn has looked like an absolute animal lately. And as such, they got Dodson sitting at a plus 245. It's a big underdog. Big, big underdog. I like that they put the over-under on this at two and a half. Um, Flyweights, bantamweights, um, don't always have the highest finishing rates. However, however, besides the fact that John Dodson has just fallen in love with his power over and over and over again, um, you've got Peter Yan or Petra Yan that has, in his three fights in the UFC, has two knockout wins. Um, the one over, oh, I can't remember what the hell I got, some uh, Brazilian dude, back on the John Jones card, he just beat him so bad that they stopped the fight in between rounds. Like, that's how bad he, he beat him. He beat him to the point where the corner was like, nah, man, my dude's done, right? So I think that, I don't necessarily know what the durability of, of John Dodson is going to be here. Uh, he also has the opportunity, in, if he gets into a firefight with Yon, that he can catch Yon because he's got one-punch knockout power. Let's not forget that John Dodson does have that kind of power. Um, so here's where we're at. Does fight go the distance? Plus 225. Don't normally shoot for guys that are the small finishing fights, but... Two out of Jan's three um, UFC wins coming by knockout uh, and having a lot of knockout submissions outside of the UFC. Um, and Dodson having knockout power and a questionable gas tank. I think that Jan might be able to get this done inside the distance and where Dodson could catch him. So because of that, at plus 225, I think that's the play to make. I think that's that's a reasonable, uh, you know, a, a reasonable play there. So next up, we've got women's MMA pioneer Liz Carmouche um, versus Lucia Pudlova. Uh, Pudlova's a, a hometown girl and sitting in at an underdog, and for good reason, because Liz Carmouche is a wrestle death machine. Um, you know, I still think back to whenever she fought Rousey and synced up that choke. Rousey's top was falling down, and it was—it looked like she was going to break her neck, and everything. I mean, that was just absolutely wild. Uh, Liz Carmouche coming in at minus one forty, pretty decent value for being a heavy favorite. Uh, I think Carmouche just outright minus one forty, and even then, just avoid this fight if you if you can because it's women's MMA, and you just never know. You just don't know. Next is Jean Volante versus Mikhail Oleksik, I believe is how you say his name. Oleksik. Um, 
Volante is coming in at a plus 170. Now, I know nothing about this Oleex kick. I don't I don't know anything about him. Um, I know that he beat Khalil Roundtree uh, a year a year ago. 2017, 19, yeah, about a year ago. Um, and he, he beat the snot out of Cleo Roundtree. It's 30-27s, unanimous decision. Just punished him. So, you know, hometown push. Um, and he's going up a, you know, a, a, a banger in John Galante. Um, I don't know, Galante's looked pretty good lately. He really has. Uh, plus 170. You know, I think maybe the under two and a half is the play on this one. I, I don't like doing these these cards where it's a lot of, uh, you know, over under on rounds because it's just really tough to get those right. But at two and a half at plus 165, again, with this card, all of this comes premise that I, you know, these are just what I'm playing. Um, I don't necessarily advocate for anybody betting on cards like this because they are so hard to get right. So I'm just telling everybody what I will be doing and what I will be doing is playing the under two and a half at plus 165. Um, probably take on the actual Instagram post for the weekend, probably going to lean towards Michael just because it's a hometown push and the way he looked the last time he fought, but it's been a while since we've seen him. All right. Next fight, coming event, uh, Marcos Ruggiero de Lima versus Stefan Struve. Skyscraper is an underdog, plus 110. I think that that's a mistake. The level of competition that Struve has fought is way better than de Lima's, and de Lima is a quitter. Does not have heart. If Struve can stay active, keep his chin away from de, Le- or, uh, de Lima, I think that he's got a great chance at pulling this off, plus 110. I think Struve is the play here. I like Struve in this fight. I think he can get it done. Uh, let's see what the props are just on finishes. You know, it's a heavyweight fight. It's three rounds. Be real shocking if it went to decision, uh, but you never know. So Struve with the finish is at plus one eighty five, which is great. And fight uh, going the distance is sitting at plus two hundred. I would say that you've probably got the best shot at Struve winning in the second round, which is coming in at plus 650. So you never know. We'll see. All right. Brings us to the co- or the uh, the main event. We'll go ahead and, you know, put a nice neat bow on this bad boy. Jan Blachowicz versus Tiago Santos. Um, You know, uh, oh, man. Normally I would say take just take Santos. Like let's just keep taking them. Let's. I mean, we've been we've literally been making money on Tiago Santos since August. August. Every time we've played Santos, he has not let us down. Um. There is no over under on rounds. Okay. So if we're looking at, oh man, if we're looking at. Two and a half. Let's play the under. If it's if it's if if the rounds come in at two and a half for this fight, let's go under. But they don't have it released yet. Probably won't till after weigh-ins tomorrow. We'll see what happens with that. Um, 
if we can get if we can get it at two and a half, that's great. I think it's probably going to come in at one and a half. And if it's at one and a half, probably just avoid and then make the play on Santos at minus one ten because they got it at a pick him right now. Uh, I would say take Santos on that. As far as prelim cards go or prelim fights go, there's a little bit of action that we're going to have this weekend on those. Again, everything else will be posted up on the Instagram post the day of. Um, so outside of that, there's really not much else to cover. We sort of went through everything, especially with this main card. So we're going to take the under one and a half on the Ankalev Debreu fight. Uh, we're going to take under two and a half on the Jan versus Dodson fight. Going to avoid the Pudlova Karmouche fight. Uh, Volante versus Oleksik minus two and a half at plus uh, plus one sixty five. And then Stefan Struve, DeLima, we're probably just going to take Struve at the plus 110. And the Santos-Blahowicz fight, let's take Santos at minus 110. Uh, well, you like you like my like my Terps banner in the back. <laughs> Told you, man, diehard fan. All right, so uh, not that one banner makes you a diehard fan, but still. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, if you have any questions on any fights going on this weekend, MMA, boxing, or any sort of college basketball inquiries or anything like that, go ahead and shoot them our way on Instagram. Um, and Or you should just email fistfulofcashpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Fistful of Cash Podcast. If you don't support us on Patreon and you want to, super. Uh, if you don't, that's fine too. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Fistful of Cash. And then I think that's about it, man. Uh, if you guys followed along on Instagram tonight, cool. If not, Next week, Thursday, usually around 8 p.m., 8.30, depending on what I got going on with work and everything else. It's usually when we try to knock it out. So 8 Eastern Thursdays, and then new episodes are out every Friday morning. If you guys have any questions, hit us up. See you.